0: Welcome to Technology Revolution, The Future of Now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome. That means I have four guests today. What a topic we have. And my lucky charm is here, Lisa Allen. Many of you who are fans of the show will know every time Lisa's here, we always make it live on LinkedIn and Facebook because she's been my lucky charm to actually get that all to work. So Lisa didn't even know I was going to say that. We're talking about health today, but we're not talking about how you eat, your diet or your exercise or your mental health. Well, those are all tangential to the topic. We're talking about drinking healthy, adult healthy beverages. Now I put in the word adult because there's a reason for that and you're going to find out. We're looking at four very interesting, very, very astute and very insightful people who are in the beverage industry and we're going to find out what about all this topic that they want to share with us. But let me give you my three opening buzz quotes. Number one, a quote from a blog at Spoonshot. It rhymes with Moonshot, Spoonshot.com. And here's the quote from December 2020. Consumers today don't just want their beverages to taste good and help them stay hydrated. Oh, we all know how that goes. Consumer interest in functional beverages over the last one year alone, and this was written in December 2020, increased by a whopping 272%. I don't know who did the study, how big the pool of respondents was. I don't know what their demographic was, but it's interesting. Here's quote number two from Ross Colbert, or Colbert, Global Beverages Director of KPMG, and this is from a website I found this on, insights.figlobal.com. Listen up. The fastest growing categories in healthy beverages are sparkling and enhanced water, Everybody, run to your refrigerator and see if you have any of that. Plant based dairy alternatives like oat milk and almond milk, very popular in grocery stores today, and probiotics, we've all heard of that. Added functional benefits from soft drinks, we'll find out about that, and clean labels zero calories and sustainable packaging formats. Okay, so that's that quote, and one more. Let's go across the pond, way across the pond to Australia. Here's a quote from the Australian Beverages Council CEO, Jeff Parker, and he spells it the British way, G-E-O-F-F, which I always find very charming. We can thank his mother. And he says, for Australians, sales of fruit juice Had a greater rate of decline than sugar-sweetened soft drinks. Interesting. Drinks of the future, he says, won't just be sugar-free, but booze-free. Oh, my goodness. Kombuka's, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, kombuka's reign as the health drink of choice looks set to continue. And he looks back across the pond at us in the U.S. He says U.S. soft drink manufacturers have embraced regulatory change and are creating drinks infused with cannabidiol. That's CBD, we all know another C word that goes with. So there you go, I have a wonderful panel with me today. They're all here by hook or crook. It took some of them a different path to get here but they all showed up, thank you. Jill, we're glad you're with us. We have Lisa Allen, wave when I mention your name please. There's Lisa and we have Beryl Solomon. Hello Beryl, nice to see you. John Wiseman, hello, with the bar set out. I think we all wanna go to your house after the show. (laughs) (laughs) And Jill Portman is with us. Hello, Jill. And I'm going to ask them for their take on the future of healthy adult beverages. And that could be taken as healthy adult beverages or healthy adult beverages. We'll go with that one. Good taste and good for you. Bonnie D. Graham here in the house. Bonnie D., happy to be here. Let's go around the table and get introductions. Lisa Allen, welcome back. You have been such a, a loyal panelist on my show all year, and I'm very appreciative and very grateful to you. And you pulled together this panel by hook or by crook. You got them here. (laughs) What what the listeners don't know, what my viewers don't know, is when I select a topic, uh, and Lisa and I came up with this topic of healthy beverages, and she's done shows on me on the wine industry and other similar industries, Um, it's up to the person who gets the topic pitches to me or works it out with me to bring the whole panel So Lisa has been working for quite a while to get these other three very interesting people to join us and we're glad. Lisa, I'm putting you on full speaker view. Remind, there are four people in the world, Lisa, who don't remember who you are. Because <laughs> you've been on so many times. So talk to those four people, please, and shame on them. Go oh, ahead. Dude, yeah, good morning to everyone. Um, Lisa Allen, I'm actually joining from
2: Atlanta, Georgia. I've just recently relocated from the West Coast to the East Coast. So super glad to be here in the same time zone as Bonnie. And uh, I have been in the alcohol beverage industry. Uh, that's my sub my sub kind of category within the adult beverage industry for a couple of decades at this point. I've been an entrepreneur the majority of those years. I own a company called Wine Insight, which I founded back in 2016. And we focus on small production beverages uh, from around the world, uh, mostly estate grown. So there's a big focus on sustainability, organic, biodynamic, and things that are not in the big grocery stores or the big box stores. And we sell here locally in the Atlanta market to retailers and restaurateurs. And are trying to stay on top of some trends, you know, like low alcohol. Again, back to sustainability, good packaging, authenticity, a lot of transparency in what we do, and and we try to collaborate with you know the best growers and the best winemakers that we can um, find in this country as well as around the world. Um, so. Um, I love what I do, uh, I'm never thirsty, super easy to make friends in life and uh, I'm thankful for Jill and Beryl. I've known them for quite a while now and super excited to be able to have them join us and John was just a, just a gem to receive a, literally a cold call email and say yes I'm in so I just wanted to recognize John for just being ready to show up for life.
1: Thank you very much. I think they're all appreciative of your appreciation and mine. So thank you, Beryl Solomon. You're new to me, new to the show, not new to Lisa. Beryl, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you kindly introduce us and tell us a little bit about Poplar? Can't wait to hear. Welcome, Beryl. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me, Bonnie
0: and Lisa. Thanks for making all the magic happen behind the scenes. Um, I'm really excited to be here. So, my name is Beryl. I'm the co founder of mm-hmm. Poplar, your modern drugstore. So, we sell the best in health and wellness with a focus on natural. Uh, in 2017, I added cannabis, both CBD and THC, to my health and wellness routine and went off my anti anxiety medication. Um, it was a whole, I mean, it was it was an eye-opener. It was a game-changer. And as I dug into specifically the cannabis industry, I saw an enormous void in the market. People weren't talking to, you know, women who, you're a SoulCycle woman, you're, you know, fill in the blank. Um, I didn't feel that that market was speaking to me. And I saw an enormous opportunity, which led me to create Poplar. So we are an online marketplace um, selling the best natural health and wellness tools uh, with a focus on cannabis, However, um, asterisk, asterisk, to make it relevant to this conversation, specifically, we sell a ton of beverages. Beverage is a category that we see exploding, um, both in the natural space in general, but also specifically in the world of cannabis. Um, Again, both CBD and THC, which we can certainly talk about as we dive in. But um, I have some of the beverages that we offer behind me, and I am not a personal um, beverage expert, but we have really seen the explosion of this category and the demand for it by customers. And so I'm so excited to speak as a retailer and a customer um, about this category, not as a manufacturer, which which I think is a bit of a different voice. So thank you again for having
1: me. Beryl, absolutely fascinating. And I have two questions for you before we move on. Number one, poplar. I'm familiar with a poplar tree. How did poplar become the name? How did you select it for the name of your brand? Great question. As someone whose name is Beryl, which is a gemstone, I
0: love when people know where names are from. Poplar is the largest deciduous tree that we have here in North America. Um, I lived in Brooklyn for quite some time on a street called Poplar. I am now in Long Beach, New York. We um, were, you know, unfortunately, bits of the COVID refugees, if you will, and we relocated um, more space and a place that I could homeschool my children. But back to the answer to your question is that um, it was the street that we lived on. Um, there are not companies named Poplar. I wanted it. I wanted to name the company. One word, a word that you could pronounce, uh, and a word that there wasn't another company. And so as I went through my trademarks, Poplar really fit the bill. And the fact that it was a plant and a tree um,
1: was lovely. And so here we are. But I love that you knew that, Bonnie. Oh, thank you. And by the way, (laughs) Queens girl growing up. Okay. And, And great neck girl for 32 years before, moved to Durham four years ago.
0: There you uh, go.
1: And my grandmas were in Brooklyn when I was growing up. So I didn't know you were a New Yorker as well. The other question I want to ask, which I'm not going to ask now, but think about it when we get into your predictions and, and your opening quote from movie or song, whatever you sent me, a little bit about how do you go from, I want to get off my meds, to starting a company like that? That to me is a leap of faith. And if you could, <laughs> yeah. if you could, inf- oh, a good word, infuse the conversation later on with a little bit about how do you do something like that. Absolutely. I do do shows on female entrepreneurs. I have one coming up and, and you might be a good fit for that panel as well. Thank you so much. John Wiseman, you are up next. You just appeared out of nowhere two days ago. You sent me your deliverables and I said nice there you go nice to meet you i have no idea who you are and lisa said i don't know i sent out a bunch of emails and here he is so we are grateful to you for filling the well it looks like the third seat but the fourth seat because everybody else had already signed on john i'm putting you on speaker view please introduce yourself welcome
3: hello um yeah i uh am an entrepreneur and we make uh, Curious Elixirs, which are booze-free craft cocktails infused with adaptogens to help you unwind when you don't want to get wasted, basically. Um, so these are adult drinks. They're served in many Michelin star restaurants. They're served at you know, some of the best nightclubs in New York. It's for people who don't want to drink a lot anymore. I came to this because I was drinking too much. You know, that's really how I came down to it. I started a whiskey bar here in Brooklyn. I'm at I'm currently at Club Curious, which is our sober speakeasy somewhere in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the long story short is I had one of those crazy nights where you're really chasing the dragon. And I had 20 drinks in a night, and I was fine the next day, and it scared the shit out of me. So I was like, I shouldn't be fine after 20 drinks. Like, that's not uh, that's not a thing. Um so I basically just started tinkering my kitchen around 2013. We uh, started working on Curious as a business um, in 2015 and launched, and we're kind of some of the pioneers in the booze-free movement um, that you're seeing really start to pick up steam now. Um, and we're just here to make better adult beverages, you know, something that has a beginning, middle, and an end in the flavor, you know, something that you can't pick apart right away. You know, so these are a few of our drinks. Um, And the one that I'm going to pour today is our number five, curious number five, which is a smoked cherry chocolate, old fashioned. Wow. Um, So this one, you know, speaking of health and function, all of our beverages have function. This one has elderberry for immunity because COVID and, you know, so when I was developing this COVID was red hot first wave. And so we use elderberry, and then we also use shatavari, which is a great Ayurvedic root for ho- hormonal balance. really helps with the reproductive systems um, for both men and women, you know, much the same way that other adaptogens help with cortisol levels. This helps with anything, you know, related to kind of uh, reproductive systems, hormonal balance. So that's a little bit about us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to meet all of you and to be on the show. Thanks for the, uh, the invite. we to be
1: with- thrilled to have you. Thank you for that um, true confessions moment there. I don't, not too many guests do that. John, I'm raising my glasses just water from the from the refrigerator tap with the uh, refrigerator ice cubes, but it's in my special red beveled glass, if you can see that. It's a heavy plastic. Of Bonnie? Glass. I like it. It matches your hair. Thank you very much for noticing. And this is my iridescent stainless steel straw. So there you go. I'm doing my best for the planet. Gave up plastic straws a while ago. John, we are delighted. I don't think I've ever had anybody pour during a live show. (laughs) I'm sure the audience is saying, this is really cool. So we're going to end the show today with drink up. Uh, Let's go to (laughs) Jill Portman. You're next. Jill, I won't say why, but we're extra, extra grateful that you're here today. And we're very glad. And you've got some nice, good pharma products there. Jill Portman, please introduce yourself and welcome.
4: Bonnie, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm phoning in from the West Coast. We're uh, Bay Area based. And I'll just start out by introducing myself. I'm the founder of Mighty Leaf Tea. And um, about 24 years ago, we started down a journey uh, after a lot of travel globally and really started to understand that the opportunity in tea was extraordinary, but nobody had really taken the, the, the product, the um, the category, and really elevated it to a point that it could really address consumer needs in the early 2000s. And so my partner and I, after years of traveling both to Asia and to Europe, settled in on a brand called Mighty Leaf, where we really elevated the tea experience, the sensory, and focused less on the cost of goods and really about what is it that we're gonna differentiate. Getting out there and really testing the market to see would Consumers buy it? Would food service accounts buy it? And it was embraced so strongly because everybody was so thirsty, literally, for a category that would reinvent itself. So we obviously, you know, went on that journey for about 20 years, traveled globally, continued to work with hospitality accounts and clients everywhere from Asia to the Middle East and Europe. And in that journey, I discovered so many plant-based ingredients and and medicinal um, cultures that I started to incorporate them into my life. I was taking a lot of pharma medications. I was actually giving myself shots, and many of them had side effects that were very intolerable. And so to make a long story short, we continued on the journey and sold to Pete's Coffee in 2014, knowing that one day I would get back into the category and really blend the notion of elevating the category with plant-based ingredients that could change lives. Cause I started to incorporate them into my life and it really did work. And so about three years ago, we went down our second journey and we started working with scientists and doctors. And the notion was, could I take the, um, the concept of an elevated experience and mirror that and blend that and boost that with ingredients like chaga is an example, lion's mane mushrooms, all of these ayurvedic and other adaptogenic herbs. What's happening today, and this is why um, I'll talk about it more later, but there's a lot of products out there that offer these ingredients. However, without an extraction process, you're not truly getting the health benefits that one really needs or wants. So as an example, if you get a mushroom that is just a powdered mushroom, it's a food. It's a food that has minerals, some nutrients, and protein, but it's just that, it's a food. If you move over to the supplement category, which is what we are, and you find products that are extracting these adaptogens, they're unleashing these, um, the beta-glucan and other bioactive compounds that are gonna give you that effect that you really need. So talking about COVID, here we are in the midst of this crisis again, and our resilience, which has a six to one extraction of chaga where the beta-glucan really is giving you that immunity boost, mirrored with these delicious blends is what we're all about. So again, we're at this intersection. We're excited to be launching in 2021 Mm -hmm. and we're excited about educating the consumer. And I think that's really where it is today.
1: Thank you, Jill. I feel educated. Does everybody here? Well, you all probably know a lot more about what Jill was speaking about and I don't, but Jill, thank you. I I feel like the audience has already gotten, we could just say show's over because we already shared so so many interesting perspectives and so many fact-based insights. And and I appreciate that. So thank you all, appreciate it. Lisa, you've outdone yourself with you knew it or not. By hook or crook, we almost didn't get the show off the ground and here we are very, very impressed. And what impresses me the most about all of you is that you're sharing a personal story, a personal need, if I can say that, Right, John, a personally, I need to yeah. make a change. Right, Beryl, same thing, right, Jill? I ne- and Lisa, there's a goal or there's a, something in my health or in my personality or in my life purpose, if we can use that overused word. Uh, there's something I need to do. And you all went out and made it happen and I'm, I'm very happy to have you all here. Let's get Bonnie off the serious pulpit here and let's go to the part of the show where you've all sent me very graciously, at my request, you've all honored that, a quote from a song or a fictional movie or TV character. Lisa Allen, you're up first, and Lisa has sent us a quote the title from a George Jones 1992 song George Glenn Jones 1931 to 2013 American singer songwriter musician who achieved international fame and I won't give any more but he say they say for the 2 or 3 minutes consumed by a song George Jones immerses himself so completely in its lyrics and in the mood it conveys, the listener can scarcely avoid becoming similarly involved. That was from a music critic, a scholar named Bill Malone. Here's the line. I don't need your rocking chair. And Lisa, may I just read the lyrics for a second? I I can't sing the song. Okay. I don't need your rocking chair, your Geritol or your Medicare. Well, I still got neon in my veins. This gray hair don't mean a thing. I do my rocking on the stage. You can put this possum in a cage. That was his nickname. My body's old, but it ain't impaired. I don't need your rocking chair. I ain't ready for the junkyard yet because I still feel like a new Corvette. It might take a little longer, but I'll get there. Well, I don't need your rocking chair. I hope I didn't murder that. Lisa... How does this relate to our topic? Please rescue me here. Go
2: ahead. I love that you read the lyrics. You know, I don't know about the other panelists, but sometimes the quote is, you know, oftentimes the hardest part of being prepared for these shows, you know, because we, you know, overthink it. You want it to be fun and relevant and something you can speak to. And so I do honestly do a lot of Googling. And at first I was kind of going down this path of what's old is new again. And some of the panelists spoke to, again, you know, ingredients, and I know we're going to really dive into that of, because, you know, from an adaptogen perspective, it it really is, comes down to the ingredients. Um, And, you know, because we're based, all of this is so based in a lot of ancient culture with Ayurveda, et cetera. So I wanted, I thought about kind of speaking to, again, what's old is new again. I was like, but I, I just, for some reason, went down this path instead of, you know, we're talking about wellness and changing our lives by, you know, you know, I grew up and I don't know if everybody else with parents that said, you are what you eat. You know, and that maybe is more true today than, than it's ever been. And if we want to, you know, be great, we have to eat well uh, and drink well and take care of ourselves with, from the outside and the inside. And so I found this song and I was like, it's just perfect, you know, because here we can finally say, no, I don't need the drug. I don't need the, the Western pill. Um, and therefore, I don't have to kind of be beholden to this system of Medicare. And again, just kind of this vicious cycle. We can break it with products like this when we understand what, what they are, what they can do, and how to use them. You know, all good things in moderation, uh, as I think is also still applicable, even though this is, you know, um, non toxic, if you will, and non alcoholic, et cetera. But I thought it was just a perfect song. Um, you know, and it does, it speaks to like, let's live well and let's live long.
1: There you go, thank you very much. I like that neon in my veins, and they (laughs) capitalized the N in neon. And I still got a new Corvette in me. I like that very much. I'm a sports car driver, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Lisa. Let's move on. Beryl Solomon has sent us a quote. (laughs) This is a really cool quote from Ace Ventura, played by the one and only Jim Carrey, who spells his last name with two R's. We're not used to that one. The movie is Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, 1994 American comedy film. Ace Ventura is an animal detective cast tasked with finding the abducted dolphin mascot, of the Miami Dolphins football team. Let's leave it there. Here's the quote. If I'm not back in five minutes, wait longer, Beryl. How can you say that with a straight face? John liked it too. Beryl, what does this have to do with our topic? I can't wait. Go ahead.
0: So... I am terrible at this quote part, just for the record, like Lisa (laughs) said. So, um, you know, when I I still have like nightmares about my senior year in high school when I had to come up with what my like quote would be. Like, that's really not my strong suit, full disclosure. But again, not as someone who's creating a beverage, but as someone who's selling them and engaging with customers. Sometimes I, I try to pick something funny and engaging because I think sometimes we talk to ourselves. Um, and I find that a lot in cannabis, especially again, that's my that's my area of specific expertise. And with that plant medicine and adaptogens, et cetera. And I think sometimes as producers, we get very heady about everything. And I think um, it's important as producers, that we that we can back that up and we understand the ingredients. But I also think customers want to buy from people that they trust. So at the end of the day, I mean, so it was supposed to be somewhat, you know, just comical and to say, sometimes it doesn't have to all be so serious, especially when we're talking about beverages, right? I mean, we're talking about potentially, I mean, and, and the area that, you know, I, I specialize in, we're talking about, how to maybe not get drunk. Or, you know, there, there's, a tech, there's a term floating around called Cali-sober that we talk about, which is like, um, which I can certainly go into more, but essentially the idea of not, um, not being sober because you're using plant medicine, specifically cannabis, but not drinking. So how is it humorous, still fun? How do we make sure we're still infusing the fun and the conversation and the joy, right? And the celebration of beverages specifically alcoholic ones and what they're sort of supposed to be for, before we began abusing them. Um, So it was really meant to be funny um, and to be lighthearted and to understand that marketing is a huge piece of this. And you could have the best beverage with the best ingredients, with the best intentions, and to Jill's point, the best extraction methods, right? All the things, if you can't connect with those customers and you can't get them to trust you, you don't have anything. So. Mm -hmm. That's what I got.
1: Thank you very much. Trust is big in every industry today, Beryl. Very, very good point. I'm still, still can't get over the picking poplar because that's the street where you lived on. Uh, I have a friend who started her own independent publishing company and she lived on Water Street, I believe in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And she called it Water Street what press? Water Street Books Press, and that's an she and her brother are co-owners of the company, and they named it after where they grew up. So I would have to be Overbrook. I don't know what I would do with Overbrook. If I ever start a company, it'll be Bunny Overbrook. Uh, they they say you can come up with your stripper name by taking. Uh, I was just <laughs> gonna
0: say that. <laughs> you
1: know that the and name I was of your like,
0: is that inappropriate? Yes, that like your.
1: Well, it just, it just became, it just became. It just became not inappropriate because my hair's saying because uh, because that's the, because I said it and I'm the host. But my point is uh, so I, I think that uh, if we're allowed to say that, I don't know. It's my show. I've never said it before. I'm glad you said it because there I was thinking go. the
0: same thing. Start a business, pick the street you live on, stripper. I think it's like your pet and your yes, middle your name pet. or something yeah. like your that. Pet. Yeah.
1: So so what would what would yours be? What would your first pet and your street name be? We may as well go around the table. Lisa saying like, what? I'll let, let Barrel off the hook. Lisa, what would your name? The first first pet in the street where you grow up. We didn't say whose name it'll be just for what it's for. What would your name be?
2: Um, I'm now going to blank out on the very first street. The dog's name was Tiger. um, And yeah. So if I remember the street where we, we also live there, it'd be Tiger Weatherborne. uh, Quite an unfortunate name. (laughs) Like Tiger Weatherborne to the center stage. Doesn't work. John,
1: what would your name be? John?
3: Well, When I was born, we had a boxer whose name was Johnny Boxer. So (laughs) it would be, and then, so it'd be Johnny Boxer Delaware. Or just Johnny (laughs)
1: Delaware. Okay, Johnny Delaware. Johnny Delaware. (laughs) How about Delaware Boxer? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe Boxer Delaware. Okay, Mm -hmm. thank you. Beryl, it would be Poplar who? Uh, Well,
0: I don't live it's the first street i lived on yes so it would so you're gonna laugh too so the first pet that i've ever owned we just got a puppy and its name is hufflepuff like harry potter hufflepuff so it would be huffle puff bayshore
1: interesting. <laughs> interesting. Terrible. interesting terrible name it Hopefully, oh, I'd be a better stripper than me. It could be Bayshore Hufflepuff. I like that. Something. Hufflepuff, ah. there's,
0: there's something there, but the Bayshore there's, part There's terrible. a lot
1: there. Jill Portman, <laughs> climb, climb into the, the gutter with us here. <laughs> I'm sorry, not yet. Jill?
4: You want a name of a dog that I had as a child? Sure. Uh, well, uh, we have, I have two siblings, and we all have names that start with D and J, so our dog was DJ. So it would be DJ O'Crest. Wow, it's a very bougie stripper name. Very nice. There you go. Excellent. And mine would be Tweety
1: Overbrook. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's the best. A parakeet. Thank you very much. We better move on. I'm looking at quotes. John has sent us a quote from Max Fisher, played by Jason Schwartzman. Uh, this is an intriguing quote from, taken from the book he found by Jacques Yves Cousteau, Diving for Sunken Treasure, which is an out-of-print book by Cousteau and Philip Diol, which leads the character Max to Rosemary, Cross, played by Olivia Williams. The movie, of course, is Rushmore, a 1998 American coming-of-age comedy-drama film directed by the one and only Wes Anderson. And here's the quote from the Cousteau book, which isn't quite fictional, but the fictional character finds it in the book, in the movie. So we're going to allow this, John. Here's the quote. When one man, for whatever reason, has the opportunity to lead an extraordinary life, he has no right to keep it to himself and we can say, and she as well. Go ahead, John, talk to us. How'd you find this one?
3: Well, that was one of the points that I wanna bring up is that it was written in an age where it wasn't considering gender and wasn't inclusive. And I take that as part of my mission in in our sober curious (laughs) movement for it to not be about my voice as one human, but to try and lift up the whole community of kind of sobriety activists that are out there now and tell their stories. So when you see, you know, Curious Elixir's content out there, you know, reaching, you know, our community of hundreds of thousands of people, it's not tied to just my story. It's trying to elevate a bunch of other people's stories. And we have, you know, that's how we can all lead extraordinary lives is if we are curious about what life looks like when we are thoughtful about what we put in our bodies, how we treat our colleagues, how we treat other humans, how we treat people that we meet in every walk of life. And that's kind of what you know, that quote means to me, is that we all have the opportunity to lead an extraordinary life, and we need to try and help other people do that too, subtly and softly through our example and through elevating other people's voices. So I think that's, that's a large reason why that quote spoke to me. And I love that the character in Rushmore, Rosemary Cross writes that in the book, and that just speaks so strongly to Max Fisher that he's already doing that, but he just feels like it validates everything that every choice that he's already naturally making. And I think that we have to validate each other's choices, you know, like when you look at what's going on with other people on this call's experiences, like using cannabis instead of SSRIs, looking to the power of tea in other communities and infusing that with different ingredients and just being thoughtful and curious about how it impacts not only your own physiology but other people's physiology and how they live their lives, those examples become stronger and more powerful as time goes on as long as you keep that curiosity going. You know, like our journeys are never over. So it's like when I started messing around with like rhodiola for curious number one, you know, I was like, wow, this is an amazing route that like helps increase my uh, my dopamine and serotonin precursors, and that just subtly makes me feel better. But none of these are like – Supplement dosage. This is just to invite people in and be like, these are adaptogens. These are designed to have a subtle effect, not a clinical effect on anyone. This is flavor and function in an adult package, you know? And that's why I'm like so excited by everything that's going on. People are like really fired up about exploring the world of plants and food and how our bodies interact with that. And I just find it so fascinating. And I think we just need to keep going.
1: We need to keep going, and I have a quote for you to add to what you said, John Wiseman. There is a quote one of my guests on one of my business shows this coming week, Friday, uh, quoted Ted Lasso in Season 1, Episode 8, where he's playing darts, trying to impress Rebecca. If anybody knows Ted Lasso, which just won a a heap of Emmy Awards the other night. And the quote is, be curious, not judgmental. Hmm. And supposedly... It's not, actually. It's not. Walt Whitman never said it. I did the it research. Attributed it attributed it. though, it's, right? it's one of 10 or 15 quotes falsely misattributed to Walt Whitman. It is in entire books written on what he never really said. But it's such a fascinating quote. Oh, yeah. there are books of what Winston Churchill never said, what Darwin never said, what Twain never said. I, I researched the quotes. Anyway, I just thought of that. The other thing I just want to say before we get to Jill Portman's quote is uh, the term sober curious was apparently coined by a woman named Ruby Warrington who is the author of Sober Curious, The Blissful Sleep, Greater Focus, Limitless Presence, and Deep Connection Awaiting Us All on the Other Side of Alcohol. And she's the founder of Club Soda. I just wanted to give that reference. because I Funny story about
3: Ruby. Yes. So we have been pouring at her events since before she coined the term. Oh, wow. So, you know, she, she definitely coined it, but we were like, I'm just so thankful that she helped popularize it you know, because it's, it's the sort of thing where, like, that has really taken on because a lot of us see sobriety as a spectrum. Some people need to have to switch all the way off, and some need to have it all the way on, and some people, like me, can be in between, you know, and, like, I just rank 90% less, but Ruby, more than almost anyone, has helped catalyze that just through a simple pointing of that term, you know, and it's, it's amazing, so thank you for sharing that.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I I enjoyed doing the research. I didn't want to bother you, so I just looked it up. I Googled it, and there it was, and I was fascinated. I I like to do my background lookups for my guests. He's great. Thank you very much. We love that. Lisa was saying, wow, that's really cool. (laughs) Jill Portman has sent us a quote from a wonderful movie, 1950. We are going back in time, my friend. Margot Channing, played by Betty Davis or Bette Davis. Some people might say the movie was all about Eve, an American drama film written and directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz and produced by Daryl F. Zanuck. There's some, there's some uh, royalty for you. It's based on the 1946 short story The Wisdom of Eve by Mary Orr, but she wasn't given credit on the screen. It's the only film, Jill, in Oscar history... To receive four female acting nominations, Betty Davis and Baxter for Best Actress, and Celeste Holm and Thelma Ritter as best supporting actress. Very, very interesting. Margaret Channing is a highly regarded but aging Broadway star. Let's just leave it alone. Here is the quote Betty Davis spoke in the movie. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy night. Jill, how'd you find this one? It's a fabulous quote. Go ahead.
4: Well, first of all, thank you for that. And I did not know that they had won so many awards. So that's that's, you know, very, very, um, very wonderful to, to know that I've chosen this. But, but honestly, it was, it, it was really more my needing and wanting to sit back and say, what is it about my journey and what is it about our collective journey that we are all going down right now? And it couldn't be bumpier. And so when I started really Googling different quotes, I started thinking about my personal journey and how will we present ourselves and what will we be like at the back end? because we know this ride is super bumpy and we don't know how long this ride is going to take us. And so I chose it because I believe, and I think Beryl commented on this as well, when we start, when we go into this mode of survival, and I think so, much, so many of us are in that mode, right? How am I going to make it through the next day? How am I going to make it through the next week and the next month? And what am I going to look like when I'm finished through this exercise? That, that, that behavior starts to change our ongoing behavior, right? And so we understand the importance of eating well. Food is medicine. You know, starting to flush out things in our diet that could potentially prompt illness. And so my goal is through this journey, and I'm living it as well in developing a brand that I started three years ago that's launching in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, who would have guessed that one? So of course we're having you know all of the challenges that everyone else is, and trying to penetrate and, and get our product to consumers who are really appreciate it. And yet, from the consumer side, how can they integrate this? Where it might be new, this is new to a lot of folks. But what am I, what am I experiencing from this, and what can I learn from it? So I'm going to change my behavior and my patterns, and I'm going to be a, a much uh, stronger me when I come out of the back end. So that's that's kind of why I chose this. So yes, it is one freaking bumpy ride. <laughs>
1: I think we can agree on so many levels, Jill. We we are agreeing on so many levels. Thank you. It's time to do our predictions. We've got, oh, let's see, it's almost 1140 here. So we've got about 17 minutes. Let's see how many we can squeeze in. Take about two minutes each to unpack. John is pouring again. John? Are we okay with that? There you go. Here's to you, kid. Here's looking at you, kid. No more bumpy nights. It's going to be a smooth night. Lisa Allen, here's prediction number three I picked from your list. You say innovation is paramount for beverage companies to enhance and introduce novel products in the market with more on the go forms of nutrition and self care that prioritize ease and convenience for individual health and wellness. I'm going to ask you to unpack this, Lisa, because this is a packed sentence here. So please go ahead, take about two, two and a half minutes, and then we'll. I have one. Teed up for Beryl. I'll pick one for John and one for for um, Jill, and then we'll go around the table. Go ahead, Lisa. You're up. You know what? You know what
2: struck me in, in thinking about being prepared for today's conversation in even just looking at the you know alcohol beverage industry as well. I mean, it has come down to convenience, and some of that is you know where we're able to con- consume any type of product, you know, food or beverage. But we're talking about mostly beverages today, um, and you know the the need to you know someone spoke to it in some of the introductions, there is a plethora of products out there, right? It's cluttered, every category, be it my traditional category, you know, so many categories are so cluttered, consumers can feel, I think, quite overwhelmed. And so this innovation is going to be key. So it seems familiar yet unique so that there's going to be a desire to pick that thing off the shelf, be it a virtual shelf, you know through e-commerce or a physical shelf in a traditional distribution and retail model. Um, but and in, in, even though we're asking people to, in some ways, slow down, right? And when we're asking people to be healthy, change behaviors, do things differently. It doesn't have to be slowed down, but we want people to, you know, pause, right, and rethink. But yet, there's this, you know you know, kind of like, you know, addiction, if you will, to convenience and still staying on the go. We're not really going to change, you know, running out to, you know, the the kids' soccer games, running to the next meeting, running for me to go play tennis, you know, we're going and going and going and going. So, you know, we're going to somewhat change how, you know, how we think about health and wellness, but we're not going to really physically slow down that much to to participate. <laughs> and so, this innovation from packaging, from ingredients, from labeling, from branding, and trying to tell a story is, is again paramount. You've got to get someone's attention in a split second. And then you have to change them you know in some ways you want to change them forever because you want them to continue to pick your product up or explore your category um be it again out you know coming to speakeasy somewhere in brooklyn um you know or shopping online at you know at poplar or a good pharma you know or again walking into a store to buy you know any of these types of products um but it's it's hard you know when you see packaging mimicking you know, other things that are already popular, you know, again, uh, alcohol beverages, you know, um, sports drinks I mean like it really is all blending and blurring together. And so it's interesting that it all looks the same, but yet we're trying to be different at the same time. So there's definitely I think um, it's not that it's confusing, um, but it's interesting kind of how, what we're trying to really speak to and appeal to from the consumer's mindset. Um and you know, but again, it really is. You know, who's going to win? It's going to who's going to be different and tell the message. And it's going to again come from. You know, I, I understand what I'm buying, and I understand it's easy for me to enjoy it, and I understand what it does for me.
1: Thank you. Very very interesting. Or I heard about it on a radio show, and I'm curious. And ah, uh-huh. there you go. Let's go to Beryl Solomon prediction number two. I like this. Lisa mentioned this word, and we've been talking about it, but let's do this prediction. You say beyond the ingredients sourcing will matter. Just like with diamonds, it's not just about the honey, for example. Where is the honey from? How is it farmed? How are the bees treated? Consumers wanna know that the full supply chain matches their belief systems. The key will be transparency. And This is where blockchain is being used in a lot of industries, right? In fine wines, in foods like tuna fish, in, in yeah. gems, in artwork. What is the provenance? Who touched it, who handled it? What were their values? Beryl, talk to us. Yeah, I mean, everything you said and it
0: perfectly sort of piggybacks on on what Lisa said, right? And so what is, what's the story? How did that, yes, we're talking about, you know, adaptogens or we're talking about Ayurvedic medicine, right? Where did it come from? Did we steal it from the earth? Did we steal it from someone else, right? Like there are all of these, I think, um, these storylines that need to accompany the marketing, the selling, the familiarization with all of these ingredients. You know, we sell honey, as, exam- as an example, and honey is a big one. Um, I wish we sold diamonds. That certainly would also be helpful for me, but we don't sell <laughs> diamonds, but we sell honey. Um, and, you know, I think it's like, well, all honey isn't created equal, right? And so I think as we talk about, and there are so many things that, will, that make all of your beverages different. Um, the extraction technique, again, brilliant that Jill mentioned that, the marketing, right? All of the things you mentioned, um, the story, um, John, that you mentioned, right? All of these bits. But I think also, the supply chain and the sourcing and where it came from and how you can ensure that's what customers care about. That now, do they care about it more than price point, more than branding? That's certainly, I think, a question, but they care about it. And so how do we tell that story? How do we as marketers, branders, et cetera, tell that story so that it's sort of that that same thread and that same line that goes all the way from the, hey, I drank 20 drinks and I didn't get drunk. That's not okay, right? To then I did this, but I wanted to put something in it. But I also wanted to know where that came from, because I don't want to put 20 drinks of anything in my body, right? Like, or you know, what does that look like? Where did it come from? What's the story? You know, there were there were no bees harmed in the making of this honey, etc. Um, and so I just think, how do you tell that story? How do you have the option that you right? whether it's blockchain, or you have a QR code on your um, bottle that You can meet the farmer that shows you a video of, you know, this land has been in the uh, personal family for generations, right? The stories. And that's, I think, what really weaves a deep fabric and a deep connection between your customers. Um, But it's not the only thing. Again, it has to play. There are all these, I believe, in sort of all of these pillars and they sort of go up and down depending on the moment. But I think sourcing has to be a pillar that will dictate.
1: Thank you, and I'm remember. Lisa, go ahead.
2: Comment. I see. I just it. want to ask Beryl a question, and, and re- the rest of the panel as well. I mean, even just the word adaptogen, like you know, there's a, a, a curious customer, if you will, to this segment. But then you all already have a core customer as well, who, who has a level of uh, awareness in. Uh, knowledge, if you will, about, about this category. But what do we, you, what do you do for both of those customers? How do you, for like, if you just listen to the word adaptogen, like it even sounds like something synthetic, honestly, Mm -hmm. to me, it does. So when you have the curious customer, maybe it's Bonnie, who's not consuming, you know, you know, tea with lion's mane or whatever, but how do we, how do we talk to like a, you know, how to say this, what it is and, and why we like it. So it's not just some healthy stuff covered up with stevia and, other flavoring, even if it's natural, and then your core customer who really might be super down this path about, again, sustainability and authenticity, but also concerned, Beryl, about like to say this honey, that is it, are we going to tap, is our fad going to go ruin some local, you know, special community somewhere else, you know, because we're just you know taking so much to satisfy our own need for this shiny new thing to make us feel better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the reason, one of the many reasons that I personally started a marketplace was for that reason, because I don't, I, I, listen, direct to consumer is important. It will continue to live, right? And those, and brands that are direct to consumer are continuing to grow their offering and that, that will continue to live. But I think that for novice and expert alike, the idea that you can go somewhere and, and ask all those questions and someone will answer you, mm-hmm. I think that is really meaningful. I mean, and that's what we're trying to create from our community, whether you're a connoisseur, whether this you're a first-timer. Mm-hmm. And again, we speak about that predominantly in cannabis, mm-hmm. and but it's so applicable in so many different ways. And so I think just and comes back to that building a community, right? And 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 being trusted, and being va- valuing your customers, having your customers value you, all of those things is so that you can say, like, listen, I I vetted all of this. Like, the reason I sell this honey is because da 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 mm-hmm. da da. Again, that's what, that's what our personal voice is, and I think that's the benefit I would imagine also of brands partnering with marketplaces, right? Birth and also selling it themselves, or you know, um, or partnering with people who create the the language around a new category, like you know, like sober curious, or you know, whatever those things are. Those alliances, and I think, again, is what is what makes it all tick and sort of rise. Um, and so I think the more we as a as a community, and I identify more with sort of the plant-based community than necessarily the beverage community, but whatever it is, the more we can generally um, educate people on a subject matter, the better off we're all gonna be.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I think we all agree on that. Jill Portman, thoughts? Yeah, I just wanna lean in because I think what everybody's bringing up is, is just so relevant, but I do wanna just answer Lisa's question because I think that this, through, at least this is through my lens, You guys, there's so many message points. There are so many need states for various customers. We've got a you know, you've got customers out there that are only leaning in on sustainability. Others are leaning in on transparency and supply chain and others are leaning on, I don't care about those. I just need it to work for me. So Mm -hmm. everybody's got their own agenda. And I think what's really important is the education piece. Yeah. Because when we start losing that piece, when our message isn't succinct and clear, So you allow the guest or the customer to really hone in on what it is that they need and then latch on to it. That's when you start causing confusion. So there's just so much noise out there because everybody's leaning in on their own mission, right? Mm. And so um, I just want to, so I think what Beryl said is true and that's what we're leaning in on. If you educate the consumer on what you're doing, you may win or not win, but you're being honest and truthful and that's all you've got. And that's really, where, that's really what we've got. Because we've got a sustainable overwrap as an example. I'm sorry, not an overwrap. Our, our bag is made out of corn. So it's completely compostable. So people love that. But our overwrap, because we need to protect the product, isn't. So mm-hmm. we also share that. We're moving towards a sustainable overwrap. But there's only so many things every brand can do. And when you're leaning in with your heart and your mission and you're being transparent and clear, I think consumers will read that, understand it, and then they'll be able to figure out what brands can they, can they lean in on and can they own and can they be part of that tribe. Anyway, that's my that's my little.
1: Thank you. I want to make sure we get two more predictions and we've got about six minutes left to the show. I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm going to add one more element to what you've all said before I get to John's prediction. My element is the consumer also wants to be entertained. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to be preached to. I don't want. I don't want to be told you've got to read three books before you buy this. I want something that inspires me and draws me in. For a quick example, before I left Great Neck, I had lunch with somebody at a burger restaurant. I think it was Bear Burger, and the menu on the table said, "Would you like to know where these this beef? came Well, I don't eat beef. Where this th- this bun came from? If you ordered a beef burger, where did it come from? Well, there's a local farmer. There's a local uh, beef producer who's three miles out on Long Island, and and the lettuce on your table came from Bob's Farm, which happens to be in Amityville, Long Island. And I said, wow. And these were just little sentences on a menu that said, this is where the food came from. I didn't want to read a book. I wanted uh-huh. to eat my lunch. But that <laughs> entertainment, that little bit of storytelling, it was, wow, that's cool. And now I want to have my lunch. So I'm j- just saying from the <laughs> completely not in your industry consumer, let's go do our quick, predict- uh, quick predictions here. John, Prediction number three, you say we will see the turning of the tide against, quote, natural flavors. OMG, is this breaking news? John Wiseman, tell us what this means. You know,
3: I don't know this to be true, but I have a sneaking suspicion that much like the recent links of any alcohol use to seven different cancers and that breaking news this year, we're going to see something similar with natural flavors, not necessarily in the cancer space, but just people wanting to have clean labels mm-hmm. and not having any insight into what natural flavors are and not knowing the provenance of any of that stuff, it's in everything. It's from LaCroix on down. You know, every sparkling water you're looking at has natural flavors. We're going to see some of that, I think, come crashing down in the next five years, but it's going to be a while because so many people have so much vested interest in these food lab-derived products, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's going to happen the same way that we're seeing that with sustainability now, you know, which is also hugely important. But like, you know, like was just referenced, um, brands can only do what they can do right now, but they need to take steps now to get better in the future today, like your show title, the future of now, like right now, you know? So I, I implore all CPG people to like get out of natural flavors. We don't want to be putting this stuff in our bodies. We want real food. We want real ingredients that are coming from honest people who care about what they're growing and care and we want it to be going into us because it's literally becoming us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: You are what you eat. You are
1: what you, you eat, exactly.
3: I, and I don't s- want to be
1: elaborated. I want to squeeze <laughs> it, good point. I want to squeeze in one prediction and literally 90 seconds, Jill Portman, because we've got to wrap soon. The prediction number one is basic hot tea bag beverages, as we know them today, are not a growing category and haven't been in years. RTDs, that's ready to drinks, and specialty is another story. Can you just wrap this up for us with your, it's a big prediction. Jill, go oh. ahead.
4: Well, it was just um, something that I, you know, commented on because after you know developing mightily for so many years, we saw that the tea category was very stale. Tea bag category was very stale. Innovation, however, in RTDs and what we're doing here with Good Pharma is, is of course, a completely different story. And so I think I'm just going to completely repeat and um, elevate everything that has been already discussed on our panel just now because innovation. And transparency, and um, sustainability—those messages, consumers. That's what they're. That those are the tribes that they want to participate in. So I, I just wanted to say that the, the other category was a bit stale, but this, but this innovation is what's really going to drive.
1: Thank you very much. And I think I'm going to predict that I'm going to ask Lisa Allen and I just did in the chat here in Zoom. Do you want to come back for part two? Because we have a lot of predictions we didn't cover, a lot of information to share. You all know my format now and all I need from each of you is a new quote. I have one date left. November 3rd. So we'll talk offline and see if you're all available. Please say yes and bring you all back because this is a big conversation. I want to say thank you. Everybody give Lisa Allen a round of applause. She's a busy lady. Lisa, you really pulled through on this one as you always do. Fascinating people. Such a variety of backgrounds and products and perspectives and everybody's so smart. I love having smart people on my show. So thank you, Lisa. Jill Portman, we're glad you are here. We'll just leave that between you and me. Thank you for getting up and coming to the camera and, and sharing your wisdom and your deep intelligence and your commitment to doing good stuff with your brand good pharma thank you beryl solomon what a bright light you are so mm-hmm. articulate so beautiful and such a commitment to your product and john wiseman wow you're like you're the disco ball that's hanging in the back of your room there that nobody can see right now you just there we go there it is there we go you just sparkle and mine has a motor on it and it spins very slowly which makes it really really fun you're fancy You fancy. Oh yeah, fancy. I got red drumsticks and a disco ball in my music room. That's the way it goes. I wish I could take it with me when I play. I just drummed on 45 songs in one day for two Motown concerts in my community. I was the MC. Uh, We have a Motown band called Still Kicking Band. It was 16 songs, plus I had my own Latin band as the break band. So it was uh, two shows, 16 songs each, and two Latin band shows, which was uh, 17, I think. It came out to 45 songs in one day, the two o'clock show, and I had a blast. And I listened to the recording. And we hired an audio engineer and it really came out well. So, we got to awesome. have you play
3: up here at our cabaret. We've got a little jazz club. Just in the I next would room.
1: love to. I'll be there next week. I'll find a time to come. We'll, we'll talk about that. So, all of you, I want to thank everybody. Say thank you to Aaron quickly. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron. Thank he's you, engineer. He was 26 when he started with me. He's 62 now, but he's going to go get a lot of your beverages and he'll come back to 26 again. And also, I want you all to wag your finger. Look at the camera. Wag your finger. If somebody tells you, come on, John, wag your finger. If if somebody tells you that the future was already here, I want you all to say on the count of three: one, two, three. No, no, no. 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 That was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet, and we're here to make it a better one. Everybody, wave goodbye. Bye, bye Facebook. Bye, LinkedIn. Bye, bye. thank bye. you. Bye, 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 bye Bonnie. Everybody. Everybody.